This is Just Football. Hello Just Footballers and welcome back to the show. This week I'm delighted to announce the return of the three musketeers. Well, welcome both Dance. How are you doing? All right, yeah. just about the three musketeers. So I'm giggling because we, we're what, in week 15 of this? And it still takes about 10 minutes of tech issues at the start to get going, but I'm not blaming anyone this time, Dan. <laughs> so I, I, I take responsibility this time different equipment different system but i'm here if if you hear uh, dan's sound quality sound different we've actually got him out roving around the london uh, football grounds trying to get the latest on the transfer deals so he's driving around <laughs> a la harry redknapp with the window down <laughs> <laughs> maybe if i put the window up the sound will sound better <laughs> uh, so, so this week so again we've got another packed agenda we're going to cover off the women's world cup Premier League, the EFL. We're going to touch a little bit on Harry Kane, Lee Mason, Ronaldo, Messi, and transfers. There'll be, if we have time, we've got a feature and a quiz. Harry Kane, who's that? Who? Who's, yeah. who's Harry Kane? What? Lost to you now. Doesn't exist. <laughs> uh, we, we can, uh, yeah, we'll make a bit of time for the, uh, the morning of him. <laughs> are we are we doing a minute's applause or a minute's silence? Or are we uh maybe, maybe it's half and half depending on how you're feeling. Now you can put it in post production. <laughs> or put um, some tumbleweed sound effects. Oi, let's moving on, moving on. Moving on. Women's World Cup. So have either of you managed to watch the women's women's World Cup at all? Saw oh. the England game, Columbia. Yeah, you watched it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I, I saw I saw the yeah the, the England game on Saturday morning. Um, pretty good game actually. I thought um, I, I I never felt even when when we were one nil down, I never felt like we were going to lose. Like it, it felt like England were in control. I think, I think it's interesting. I think the first half I thought Colombia played quite well, considering they the they were at the time the lowest ranked team in there. I thought they they played better than that ranking probably suggested, but. You'd like to see, well, you, I think you're always confident that the quality, obviously, in the England team will pull through. I mean, the Columbia goal, though, um, I mean, it was a great goal. I remember messaging you guys saying, what a goal. And then when you look at it, I'm, I'm sure that was a cross. It, yeah, it, it felt a bit Ronaldino-esque, didn't it, from uh, yeah. the World Cup years and years ago against England. It, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think it was deliberate. I completely agree. Looking, looking at the body shape and the way she kicked the ball, there's no way it was deliberate. Yeah. yeah. But... A goal's a goal. Yeah, great goal though. Great goal. So yeah, fair, fair play to her. And then uh, see, England came down from one 0 down to to win two one, which is really good. And they showed, I think, as you mentioned, they had really good technical quality uh, and persistence. Yeah. Was one of the main things. Really impressive. Quite dogged, but impressive at the same time. Yeah. Got Australia on Wednesday now, isn't Wednesday it? Wednesday morning, isn't it? Yeah, Wednesday quite- morning. It's quite funny. My, my, my brother texts me and goes, Oh, do you want to come around on Wednesday night and watch the England game? Just going on to autopilot, just assuming it's <laughs> in the evening. Yeah. And then, yeah, when we realised it was in the morning. She, and talk about Australia. Have any of you seen that video that's doing arounds on social media? I don't know what flight it is, but it's obviously 
a lot of Australian fans and someone from like one of the rows behind is taking the video footage and you can see all screens, I think bar one, are watching the, the football match and when they get the, the wing, I think it went to penalties that game, didn't it? When they went to winning penalties, everyone on the plane just starts cheering. But there's one person in the middle of them all watching Lord of the Rings, which is the funniest <laughs> thing about it. <laughs> so this is Gandalf got a big cheer when he came on screen. <laughs> Um, it was penalties, but I think it was. An, uh, I think Dave's going to correct me on this, but it was an absurd amount of penalties, wasn't it? Wasn't it like twenty odd penalties they took in that shootout? Sorry, I didn't know you've been chased by police, or you were in the car oh, chasing the Casado. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Casado <laughs> Can friends. you hear that? Apologies. <laughs> yeah, that's all good. Uh, I must confess, I didn't watch the Sweden Sweden USA match, so obviously that wins penalties. I know you discussed that last time round. Uh, and then we have a, a Spain-Sweden semi-final, which is on Tuesday, which is going to be really, really interesting. So my, I haven't really been watching too much football, and because in the real world, in my life, I've been really busy. Uh, and then there's a bit of a conflict as well, because we had England playing on Saturday, then Arsenal playing as well on Saturday. Yeah. I just got it. It was 10 penalties. 10 penalties each? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it yeah. finished. I think it was seven six on penalties. Yeah, so yeah, pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, anything else in the women's World Cup? Any predictions yeah, at the all? Yeah, other thing that's worth mentioning because um, I guess we've had two England matches since the last pod that we did. I think, but the the match from the time before that last penalty that England took. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, I forgot the name escapes. Is it is it Kelly Chloe Kelly? Who scored yeah, the Chloe Kelly. Yeah, Chloe Kelly. Her penalty was faster than any Premiership goal scored in the in the men's game last year. Mm. It's phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, it's quite remarkable. Yeah. yeah, and it shows again how much the women's game has developed. Yeah, and she yeah she did half hit it, didn't she? And um, <laughs> I, I quite like that that odd little skip that she did at the start. Like when she did that, I thought, oh no, she's messed this up. Um, but yeah put it in top corner i'm a big fan of just running and hitting it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of arsenal i know you you both discussed it in the last episode but arsenal did win the charity shield um, but i yeah, won't they, go into too much they, they did didn't they because because when we were recording they were one nil down and then they scored yeah. the last few moments and then the penalty shootout just as well yeah yeah so, so in, the, in the pod on the episode there was eight minutes of the match left, and Man City had just scored. I think. Yeah. Uh, this is the update that's from it. that episode. Well, that's the only result we recognised because that was the as as a time of recording. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, and then this week the, the Premier League kicked off. It certainly did. It's back. It's back. Any, any thoughts on the results or matches over the weekend? Did you watch anything? Um, I watched the Tottenham game, um, which was. I didn't actually enjoy it, if I'm honest. I, I don't think, and I think because we've got such a new team and new players trying to play together, it just all felt a little bit disjointed. Um, a couple of, you know, good performances from Madison and uh, um, a couple of others, but yeah, it just didn't really grip me. Um, I guess, you know, an away point on the first ever season is not a disaster. Yeah, I watched, I watched some of the City-Burnley game. Um that that was just wasn't in doubt was it and yeah like Dan I watched the I watched Spurs game yesterday I, I don't know I I liked it I think it was a 
it was a game of two halves, excuse the cliche. I think the first half, it, I think they were very nervy. And you've got to remember, we've got um, a goalie and two defenders making their Premier League debuts. So I think it was always going to be nervy. Um, the keeper kept making me nervous in the first half. But I think the second half, we came out and I think that was a far better half. And I think it's going to take a few games, but... Yeah, I think I think there's I think there's got to be some positives in there mm. for us. You yeah. know, like you said, Madison, um, and there's there's still rumours of a few more signings. But yeah, I, I think all the debutants, apart from like I said, apart from the keeper in the first half, I think they all played. I think they all had good games. Yeah. Well, now with a hundred million in the bank, I'd be disappointed if there is no more signings. <laughs> we haven't got a hundred million in the bank. Yeah. We haven't got a hundred million in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> basically we've got a six million net spend that's what we've got yeah the other interesting thing and taking it back to the Burnley City game that you just mentioned I just read this morning um, and I must admit it's, it's a fairly clickbait website um, but on like Sports Bible they reported that three Burnley players had captained Haaland in their fantasy football team <laughs> like, <laughs> almost like they knew it was going to happen do you think that's kind of, I was a bit of a segue, but that's kind of similar to gambling in a way? I guess because there's no financial profit at the end of it. I guess it's yeah. not quite, like they haven't done it for financial gain. But yeah. as far as confidence goes, if you're going into a team against City, you're not thinking, oh, I'm going to captain one of the other teams, make sure Haaland's in the team because you know, he's bound mm. to score a couple. <laughs> there's something wrong with it, isn't it? But I guess it's not an, ethic, an ethical thing. It's just a confidence in your own yeah. ability yeah. i'm annoyed because i just forgot to captain him that was that was my <laughs> annoyance well i've i've been doing the just football one and i forgot to captain harland for that one i think had i done that just football would be top yeah. I did. never mind uh someone else here is top of the league so it's got to be not me. Oh, I, I didn't even captain harland either yeah top uh, then see, I, I watched a bit of Arsenal. They battered non Forest. I know it was only two one, but they they battered them up to twenty minutes in. It was ninety percent possession to Arsenal. Yeah, it is ridiculous. Uh, and then Dan, have you spoken to Lord Joey? Because I'm imagining he's a bit in mourning, or yeah, okay. is he hiding under of, a rock somewhere? Um, we we exchanged a few words over the weekend, but yeah, didn't go into too much. Uh, too much detail we'll, we'll leave it there then and, uh, i think the first game is always a pra- is always a warm-up that's what you've got to say I, I think that was the i think that was a result that surprised me i'm not saying that newcastle winning was a surprise but i, I just think the the score line itself i think was the surprise for me so i think if there's a shock of the weekend i think it was kind of that one um, I, I I don't know. I think maybe not so much for thrashing. I think Newcastle are going to be very good this year. I could see him finishing second yeah. or third. Yeah. Also, also he finished the call third out, last season as well. Yeah. Yeah. The call out for this weekend was the first time I've ever heard the game delayed because there's no water in the stadium. That's that's the first, surely. Yeah. Yeah. That was a. It was only delayed by a few minutes, but I think they decided to play on because they had everyone on the pitch. But what a weird time for it to come out. Not even, you yeah. know, Just as the players are coming out on the pitch, it's like, oh, there's yeah. no water, we can't start. What if they couldn't fix it? They they gambled on being able to fix it. Yeah. As I said, yeah. if, it got to, if it got to half time and there's no, you know, lose working or no water coming into the... They just had to abandon the game, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. 
would you? And speaking of delays, obviously Arsenal had a delay as well to their match. <laughs> more, more technical issue with the uh, the way they allow people into their grounds. Actually, Dan, yeah. you picked up a tweet, didn't you? Yeah, I read I read this tweet, and I can't I can't remember exactly what it was, but yesterday she tweeted about um, head of water in Brentford. Looking forward to my first day, and then um, on Saturday she tweeted something about being an IT manager for. A ticketing system. Ticketing at Arsenal was something. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was brilliant. People were having to go at her, weren't they? Yeah, it is quite funny because people, yeah, would, thought she meant it. And um, so you can see all by the comments that people just got like <laughs> responding as if that was really her job, despite it clearly that she was joking. And also on delays, sorry, Dave, the first oh, half right. of the Tottenham game had 11 minutes injury time. All right, added, added on time, 11 minutes. So I think we're starting to see this. This new ruling. I mean, there was there was a few stoppages, wasn't there? But yeah, eleven well, minutes. The VAR, the VAR decision for Tottenham goal seemed to take a lot longer than it should. Yeah, but I don't think you should. That that, that was so frustrating. The length of time for that VAR decision to be made, I thought it was ridiculous. It was absurd. You could see by one from one yeah. screenshot on the line, it was a, he was on side. I just don't know why yeah. it took that long. That's, yeah. Well, we might come on to that in a bit. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Okay. No spoilers then. Uh, so we'll, just, we'll go through the, the rest of the English Football League and then we'll talk about an ex-Premier League player. So in the Championship, uh, Ipswich Town are currently top uh, with six points, but they're joined by Leicester City. Uh, and then there's a group of teams on four, but you'd expect to be a group in the season. Uh, any surprises about Ipswich or Leicester being top? Um. If, well, I guess from Leicester point of view, it's good for them. They've kind of bounced back from relegation and obviously losing a couple of players because um, that league is obviously difficult to bounce back from. So to make a good start to that campaign, I think is quite good for them. Um, Ipswich, I don't know where Ipswich finished last year, but I don't really recall talking to them, talking about them when we were talking about playoff positions and things like that. But maybe I've got that wrong. There's a long way to go still. Yeah, there's a long way and to then- go. Toward the bottom, there's four teams on no points. Sunderland, Sheffield Wednesday, Huddersfield Town and Middlesbrough. Wow. Not great for Sheffield Wednesday. It's all, but again, plenty of time left. Early days, yeah, early days. I think you need about eight to ten games on, on the table, really, don't you? Well, no, I think if you're top, I think it's fine to boast about it. If you're if you're top after one game or two games, I think it's fine. But for every other team, yeah, you're right. You have to wait a few games. <laughs> Moving into League One, uh, there are four teams on six points. So Bolton Wanderers, Cambridge United, Stevenage, and Peterborough United. On oh, Stevenage, so there's a bit of a group in there. So Cambridge, Stevenage, and Peterborough are relatively close to each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then at the bottom. There's loads of teams on no points. Northampton, Reading, Cheltenham, Burton, Leighton Orient, Wickham, and Wigan Athletic. Wigan Athletic have been dot points, and they're on minus two at the moment. What's the dot points for, do you How many points have they deducted? Uh, Seven points. Okay. I know that because the league table says they played two, one, two, and they're on minus two. Do we know what that was for? Is it? They went into administration, didn't they? Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's nothing. They've got some dodgy owners or maybe some tax implications somewhere. Don't quote me on that. Anyway. Mm. The League Two, uh, 
So I know you talked about this last week, but MK Dons or Milton Keen Dons, they're currently top of the table uh, alongside Barrow and Gillingham. I don't know where Barrow have come from. <laughs> then at the bottom with no points, Colchester, Stockport, Tranmere even, and Doncaster Rovers. Uh, AFC Wimbledon's one of the clubs you highlighted last week as well. They have got two points, so two draws. So Again, it's an awful long way to go, so so much can change. We know that we have seen clubs in the past, they can be you know, in the playoffs or at the top of the league, and then they just drop for whatever reason. Yeah. That is the beauty of football. Mm. Now, I'm going to turn this over to both of you. Maybe I need some sad news you're playing in the background for this piece. But this is your opportunity to, I suppose, mention or talk about Kane. Just, just before we do, one other shout out I want to do is Bellingham. Oh, you can't delay anymore, <laughs> Bellingham scoring on his debut for Madrid and then celebrating in front of the Bilbao fans. I mean, what um, that picture what is the, in that the guy. Is superb, isn't it? Yeah, what confidence in that guy. Yeah, so I just yeah, just want to shout out. What a start for him. Yeah, yeah, amazing player. Um, Kane, and, Dan, I think yeah, you should, sorry, I think you moved should on to Dan. another amazing player. Um, well, I, I think from a Spurs perspective, as a Spurs fan perspective, I feel like this is the hardest one to watch go. Um, now, you know, he's been there, what, 10, 10 or so years. Um, he's obviously been there a lot longer than that if you go back to his youth days. Um, but if I think about, you know, when, you know, Gareth Bale left or Berbatov left or Sheringham left or even Harry Redknapp leave, and they were all quite hard ones to take, but this one feels particularly hard to take. And I think what's different this time is I feel like I'm a Harry Kane fan as well as a Tottenham fan, mm-hmm. yeah. um, whereas the others, once they've kind of left, and Dave, you might have got this with Henri when he left Arsenal or maybe Ian Wright when he left Arsenal, but it, it feels like that, that sort of level. And actually, I'm considering going to Munich to watch him play at, at some point to, to and now I'm going to start following Munich as a team and just following their results and, and how they get on just because Harry Kane's there. Well, um, I'm already it, following them on Twitter. Yeah, I'm already following them on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's obviously a hard one to take for a Tottenham fan. Um, I'm happy for him, though, because um, I, I think he's going to a massive club and he, yeah, yes, yeah, it's a hard one to take. And I, I think he will forever be missed at, at Tottenham. I don't think he's replaceable. Yeah, yeah, this is it. I, I'm really frustrated about the whole thing. I think, firstly, as a Spurs fan, absolutely, it's, it's, it is a shame to lose someone like that. I mean, he's been so loyal to the club. He's done so much for us and he's kind of been the face for us. I think he's earned a move away. I think he's been loyal enough, especially through all the, the turmoil we've had in managers recently. Um, but... On that, on that side, I'm also frustrated. I, I just don't think Bayern is the club that he could have or, or should have gone to. But they're the only ones that have come in for him. So, you know, not not disparaging Bayern in that. But I think people will still... I think people will still have an issue with him winning trophies at Bayern. Yeah. I think we'll... Let's watch that now. It, well, it's already changed over the, over the transfer. People, um, people uh, media critics, whoever, are always willing to criticise him. And you know, on Saturday, there was um, a bunch of media. And uh, when he obviously, he obviously played in the, the German Super Cup um, final, which they lost, and he came on in the second half. But you had the people 
um, that were going to say something along the lines yeah. of, oh, one game, one trophy, he's won. Yeah. So I had that, all those tweets and headlines lined up. And then he had the other side lined up saying, oh, you can take the Kane out of Tottenham, but you can't take Tottenham yeah. out of Kane or something along those lines. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's just, and maybe it's because he's England, England's captain. He gets the attention, but it just feels a lot of it's undeserved and unwarranted. Mm. Two more things from me on the transfer. One, I'm the thing that's annoyed me about it is the timing of it. Now, I know the transfer window goes till the end of the month, but to do it two days before the season starts. Now, I know they would be preparing for it. I just think it's unfair. Well, I think it's, it's frustrating for the manager as well, because the annoying thing as well is he's building probably for the first time, I, I think probably since Poch, we've got a manager who's playing the way it would suit him and the team we've got in that creative midfielder that we so needed and then we sell him the day the season starts and two days before our game I I found that just frustrating and personally and I've said it multiple times on here I wouldn't have sold him I wouldn't have sold him um 100 million 100 million but it's not going to be that I think it's like 85 million isn't it plus add-ons I still think him trying to get us into the Champions League if we could have done it you're going to make majority of that back. But, you know, but fair play to him. And there is life after him. I mean, I think we're seeing it. We're, we're going to get another striker, another youngster from Belgium. Is that right? So, you know, along with the Argent, uh, the Argentinian guy we signed, along with Richie. So, yeah. And there's a few, people, there's a few people coming back from loan for Tottenham as well, wasn't there, who might be able yeah. to step up a little bit as well. I mean, I've, I'm on the opinion that Kane always wanted to leave this year. Yeah. And it kind of feels that between Bayern and Tottenham, the whole process was dragged out. And I don't believe any of that was Kane's fault at all. And from what we sort of read and seen, it sounds like it's always the case. Kane was going to leave. It's just what, how could Tottenham get the most amount of money or the best deal for them to, to sell it? I think that's fair. I think if you... Wasn't it like something ridiculous, like 60 million, the first one, which, you know, you, you, you're not even going to, you're going to slam the phone down straight after that offer, aren't you? Yeah. So I, I think it goes back to what we were saying about the, the ridiculousness of some of these transfers overall. Yeah. And it's, um, I, I think, Dave, you're right. I think behind closed doors, I think all parties knew it was going to happen. Um, but obviously the media speculated and everyone speculated on the outside. But um, I think they always knew it was going to happen. And, you know, we said maybe it's disrupting doing it a couple of days before the end of the season, but maybe that's what we were preparing for. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, still, still wrong though. Like, like I said, I think it, that's what I'm saying. And and Andrew said that they've been discussing it, so it's fully aware it was going to be sold. But I don't think the offer had changed that much from the week before. So to do it two days for my worry is that I mean it's it it didn't transpire now because we got a decent result, but it takes away from the new era and getting behind the manager and the anger back at Levy for selling Kane the day the season starts. And I think that's my issue with that is it didn't it feel inevitable. like it was that much more. Yeah. It was yeah gonna, no, no. Gonna happen. No, but like I said, the day of the season, the fan, you, you're pissed. You, you, are we explicit? You're peeing the fans <laughs> off more. You're peeing the fans <laughs> off more than if we'd have gone, let him go the week before. That, that's, yeah. that's all I'm saying. I, I just think the final turn off that transfer is what let that down I think yeah. for me anyway 
Dan, calm down. It's just a game. It's fine. <laughs> just a sport. No, but I'm, I, no, but I said to you, didn't you? You and I sort of we had a chat and said that this on the flip side, it could be a good thing. I mean, Kane has loomed heavy over that that club for years, especially the last few years, and now we can get away from being the one man club, the one season wonder for for, for ten years, and. Like, like Dave, like you said, like a lot of fans said, the saga's gone each year. So maybe we can just get on with being a team again. So. Yeah, I reckon he'll be back. I, I can see. I, I reckon three to four years. I reckon there's a chance he will come back to Arsenal. Or maybe, maybe I'm clinging on to that hope because I always thought Pochettino was going to be back, and look where he's ended up. Um, but Dave, just just out of interest, obviously that we said that this is probably the hardest transfer to take as a Tottenham fan. What is it for Arsenal? What's the one that you kind of took? the hardest and had a bit of an emotional reaction to? Well, Thierry Henry, we knew it was going to happen. So that one was kind of long drawn out over a couple of seasons. But for me, Fabregas. Oh, interesting. Okay. I think that was the one that was the worst. I mean, the, the signings or transfers that aren't nice, such as Van Persie going to Man United. Yeah. Got no problem going to United because that, that's football, but it's the way he did it, the way it happened. He's come out and said it didn't happen a certain way. Then other people have, have kind of gone against that and said actually it did happen that way. Actually, he said he wanted to leave. I told him. Um, but yeah, definitely Fabregas. He was um, he was brilliant, unplayable at the time. Yeah. Then he went to Barcelona. He's his boy who boyhood club. We hear about DNA and that sort of stuff. But he grew up there in, in their famous academy, which I can't remember the name of. And then from there, once he joined Barcelona, his career really dropped off. Now, I know he won the Champions League with Chelsea, won the league, but he was never the same player. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, that's the one for me. Okay, that's, that's interesting. I thought you were going to go with Wright and Henri, but obviously I don't know. No, I mean, Wright was towards the end of his career anyways. Yeah. And Henri was a little bit, I mean, but obviously, and like well, you'd like to have with Kane, Henri did come back. Yeah. And played for us a bit and did score as well a few goals. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, the famous one against Leeds. Yeah. Okay, so moving on. Uh, actually, is there anything else on Kane? Because I can have my bit on Kane if you like. Um, yeah, go for it. Yeah, good luck. Other, is all I say. Good luck to him. Yeah, good luck to him. The other interesting thing I, I found as well is how quickly he was able to play in a game. Because yeah. I feel yeah. like we announced signings over here sort of like two, three days before, and I go, oh, he hasn't signed in time to play on Saturday. But he finalised that on Saturday morning and was playing Saturday evening. And that I, bit I didn't quite understand. I don't think he should have played personally. Because no. he was still there at one, two o'clock in the morning. Going through his it was only announced at about two or three in the morning because I, I couldn't sleep yeah. well Saturday night, woke up and I saw the tweets <laughs> during the night. So it, it'd only been during the night, yeah. yeah. He's done that. He's had a long day already because of you know speculation about care, is he going or staying? Like, or would Tottenham let him go? So he's done that. He's gone to Germany. He's also trained with the team, done his media duties, and then played a match. I think it's yeah. quite yeah, incredible. He, he only played about half hour, didn't he? It's not like he played the full game, but I do agree. It feels weird to, to chuck him in there. Because he's played a match, and then they announced him the next day, didn't they? Yeah, it's really weird. At the stadium. Um, but there's that, that one clip, wasn't there, on social media where he runs up to referee when a penalty has <laughs> um, been awarded. <laughs> And you can see everyone arguing and Kane standing there because he can't speak German. <laughs> just, <laughs> just listening to some people arguing. 
There's a there's a similar one with Emmanuel Bowie when he's playing for the Ivory Coast. Yeah. It might be the World Cup. I remember that, yeah. They're playing against South Korea, and he's listening to instructions given from the South Korea coach to the player. And Bowie's just nodding on like he's under, listening and understanding. <laughs> he was a character. Uh, from me on Kane, I think he's an amazing, incredible player. I do wish him luck because, I mean, regardless of who's played for Tottenham, no one can deny he's a brilliant and wonderful player. He doesn't score that many goals, that many assists without being that good. That's a clue to the quiz a bit later, by the way. Oh, okay. But yeah, I mean, for me, I think good luck to him. I do hope he does get some trophies. Uh, I do think he deserves it. Obviously, you'd like it to be with Tottenham, his, you know, his own club. Uh, maybe it help us out from the England perspective as well. You never know. Mm-hmm. Because I know they're in Champions League, but the Bundesliga, you play less games and they have a winter break. Although these, there's a clause in the contract that he's going to stay there until he knocks Arsenal out of the Champions League and then he's coming back to Arsenal. That's that's what <laughs> I heard. <laughs> if there's a winter no, break, maybe... If there's a winter break, maybe we can have a four-week loan period back to Tottenham. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we can get three or four fixtures out of him. Okay, I'm going to move on to uh, the PGMOL, which will also be the feature as well. So just, just know it's not it's not a PGMOL bashing. Uh, this, I found this really interesting story. So Lee Mason, who was a former referee uh, and also operated VAR, Earlier this year, Lee Mason was let go by the PGML, PGML in a mutual consent uh, perspective, like we see with managers. Basically means he was sacked. He's now been re-employed by the PGML to train League One and League Two. So get your initial thoughts or any feedback on that. So, uh, so the reason he was let go was a match between Arsenal and Brentford where Brentford scored a goal, but he forgot to draw the lines for VAR. Yeah. And the, and the goal was awarded, even though there were two players offside. I'm not mentioning it because it was Arsenal, but that's why he got sacked. And it wasn't mutual consent. We've discussed about managers. With mutual consent, he's been binned off. Any thoughts on that? So if, if, if one of your colleagues got sacked to work and then brought back to train someone else up, how do you feel about that? What? I guess the perception of that. Being. Yeah, the the optics, as they say, isn't great on that story. No, I, I do agree with that. I mean, no, it might be he's a really good trainer and he's perfect for that role. Uh, I guess we don't know, so we don't have the inside track on referee. I think that's the key thing. It is quite a um, a hidden. You don't get much information come from them, do you? So, so I think something like that is only going to anger fans who already have something in for the the organisation, right? Definitely. Uh, Dennis, anything from you on Lee Mason? No. Uh, yeah, like you said, there's, there's probably some background to it we're, we're probably not privy to. Um, but you're right. The headline is, you know, someone's messed up, let's bring him back as a trainer. There's no hiding away from it. That's not a great headline. But like you yep. said, he might be good at training. He might have learned from that mistake. He might be better for it now. Um, yeah, who, who knows? And managers oh. managers mess up all the time and then they get given brilliant contracts oh, yeah. at another club. Yeah, and if you look at also players in contracts, Rooney on multiple times threatened to leave Man United. Yeah. Then he got given a new contract. So you got up for all, he's going to yeah. leave. Then the fans love him again. 
there's there's no real winning with uh, football in general, I guess, unless you're Man City. Oh. Oh. Dan has had enough and left us. Well, he's back. The PGMOL. Uh, we're, we're getting to Dan's yeah. Dan's LinkedIn. Dan, could you speak for us, please? Maybe we should carry on, Dave. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think we've. I think he's gone into a, a no signal zone. Okay, so what we'll do is we'll uh, we'll carry on up until the quiz, and if we do, we stop and start there. Yeah. Uh, so the next thing is is another quick one. Is Ronaldo and Messi two of the greatest footballers of all time? Ronaldo scored twice to help our Al Nasser win the first Arab Cup uh, Champions Cup title. Uh, he scored two goals, and they finished with nine men after extra time. It was quite remarkable. I mean, so, yeah. So another trophy so for Ronaldo. Incredible career. Again, and it's just how, yeah, how he, he keeps going. So what's that now? So it's the Portuguese league. He's won something in, hasn't he? Spanish, English. English. He, did he win anything in it? I think he must. I'm not sure if he he's, did anything. He's it. a Juve, wasn't he? He must have yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. And now, um, yeah, now, now the, now the Saudi Arabian League. Sorry, if, if that little giggle wasn't for Ronaldo winning, it's uh, Dan, Dan's <laughs> technical issues. But yeah, bear with us. He's, um, yeah, he keeps them coming and going. Uh, and he's won Euros as well. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Dan would say this, but didn't he find a thing about um, Messi being into Miami's top scorer? Yeah, so we come to so Messi. I think scored four games in a row. <laughs> Sorry, Dan's just left again. <laughs> like he's doing the hokey pokey podcast. Hokey pokey. We talk about full transparency. He keeps disappearing, then he comes back on, looks really flustered, and then disappears again. So, or angered. <laughs> sorry, not flustered. So yeah, so Messi's scoring streak continues, and he scored four in the trot. Now, Inter Miami haven't been around as a club for that long. They have won. They have lost more games than they've won. Their top scorer is Gonzalo Higuain. I didn't realise he played for them, to be fair. Yeah, uh, I think, yeah. yeah, so Messi's going to catch up and take over very, very quickly. And he's scoring some very good goals. Yeah, and, and it's interesting that they have gone, because I know people wanted Messi to go to Saudi Arabia to ignite that competition. But I think it's good that you've got them each in different nations doing bringing a bit more of a spotlight to those as well. So now we are talking about the MLS. We are talking about uh, the, the Saudi Arabia League. I, th- I think it's a good thing. It's great for world football in general. Really. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's move on to transfers. So Dan is still experiencing issues. We've got some breaking news actually on transfers. Oh, go on. Since we started recording, Neymar going to Al-Hilal has now been confirmed. Has so... Yeah, two-year deal, just under a hundred million euros. Uh, medical to be completed today. So yeah, Neymar is going to join Ronaldo. Wow, that's quite amazing. Uh, and I also read that maybe Map- Mbappe might be signing a new contract with PSG. Yeah, that's what I've got. Apparently, he's he was reinstated to the side yesterday, wasn't he? After quotes very constructive and positive talks. So, yeah, you've got to guess because PSG stance either they realise that they can't afford to um, to not play him or maybe I wonder if it's a case of what we were saying maybe with Kane sign a one-year extension or two-year extension then sell him next year. Or well, maybe with Neymar going, they can afford Mbappe. 
yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, it could be, yeah, that it just prolongs his career with PSG and the next season with Real Madrid. Yeah, 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 yeah. So many different... Uh, yeah. Um, it's quite a few transfers. Do, do, do you mind if I just run through? Uh, please do. Through the week. So I'll blitz through these. We've got um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles from Arsenal to Lyon on a free. We've got Gianluca Scamacca, West Ham to Atlanta. I've got that as undisclosed at the moment. Yep. Uh, we've got Tino Livramento, Southampton to Newcastle, 40 million. Uh, Tottenham's couple of signings uh, were confirmed last week. So Mickey van der Ven from Wolfsburg to, to Tottenham, who played yesterday. And Aleo Veliz, who's the young Argentinian I mentioned from Rosario Central to Tottenham for 13 million. Valt Veghorst, Burnley to Hoffenheim on loan. Ross Barkley from Nice to Luton on a free. I think that'll be an interesting one to watch out. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. Um, Usman Dembele, Barcelona to PSG for 43.5 mil. Um, someone Barca called Harry. Be... Sorry, Dan, I'll say Barca might be kicking off over that one. Oh, really? Uh, okay, yeah. Might... Give us. Some... I've read they might re- try and report PSG to UA for four financial. Oh, in- interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah, as we mentioned, someone called Harry Kane from Tottenham to Bayern Munich for 95. Fred from Man United to Fenerbahce, undisclosed. Joe Rodon from Tottenham to Leeds on loan. We've got Max Ahrens from Norwich to Bournemouth for 7 mil. Um, Edson Alvarez, Ajax to West Ham, 35. And one that completed today, actually, James Ward-Prowse, Southampton to West Ham for 30 million. Um, and just some ongoing ones. Uh, We've got Harry Maguire. He was looking like he was going to to West Ham for thirty million, but apparently they they're offering hundred k a week, and he wants closer to the hundred ninety k he takes home. Um, so still not completed. He's still a, a Man United player. Um, Neymar we've mentioned, Mbappe we've mentioned. Uh, the only other two we've got Caicedo. So it looks like he's going to go to Chelsea for hundred and fifteen million. So wow. it looks like that's, that was, that's a ridiculous price yeah. tag, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it'll be a British record. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm back now. We're talking about ridiculous price tags. <laughs> yeah, and just, just quickly on that one, I think if you saw a headline, Casado goes to Everton for 40 million, you wouldn't even bat an eyelid. You wouldn't say yeah. Everton have made a good deal. You wouldn't sit, say he was a big player. Yeah, it's 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 weird. And and Chelsea have beaten Liverpool, who also I think had offered 110. So. Yeah, I think Liverpool actually had a 110 million bid accepted for him on Thursday, but Chelsea have come in with 115. And apparently, by all accounts, um, he wants Chelsea, he has said. Um, Two more. Eden Hazard without a club, which is a shame, you know, considering the player he was, um, you know, a number of years ago. He's left Madrid. He's he's without a club. And something I saw yesterday. Now, this is just conjecture from a number of Twitter accounts, but apparently Tottenham have made are, are looking and making contact with Lukaku. So oh, I don't know. Yeah, that, that's the reaction. So <laughs> the the other one I I said, no, I think I posted in our WhatsApp chat is Tottenham might be interested in Balogun. Oh yes, yeah, you said that. I couldn't see anything crop up, but yeah, yeah. So we'll watch out for that one. I did say that last week, I think. So maybe I am in the know. Yeah, we'll see. Or maybe but I know yeah, nothing. Quite a bit this week. Quite a bit of transfer. Yeah. 
Good. Brighton obviously make quite a bit of money off Chelsea at the moment, aren't they, with uh, the amount of money they've, they've had to pay them. Do you think it'll get to a point where Brighton have Chelsea as a sponsor on their shirt? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Then Chelsea has to pay them even more money. Yeah. <laughs> okay, moving on. How are you both doing for time, by the way? I'm okay. I've got 20 minutes. Okay. We're going to move on to the feature. So as alluded to earlier, the feature is going to be on the PG. So here we go. So the the PGMOL, or Professional Game Match Official Limited, is the organisation responsible for overseeing all refereeing in the English professional game. That includes Premier League, EFL, the FA Cup, and the Women's Leagues as well. So the, the PGMOL was founded in 2001, and that was following the merger of the Premier League Referees Committee and the Football League Referees Committee. Uh, so the organisation is responsible for recruiting, training, developing match officials uh, for the Premier League, the English Football League, Women's Super League and the National League. So before the, the PGMOL was, I had to stop saying it, it's a bit of a mouthful. Before the organisation was formed, referees were largely volunteers who weren't paid for their services. Uh, the, the PGMOL changed that by establishing a full-time refereeing department its own training program, development system, and performance management framework. Uh, it's governed by a board of directors, which is chaired by former, former Premier League referee Howard Webb, and the board is responsible for setting the strategic direction of the PGMOL and ensuring it meets his, its objectives. Uh, it's, it has over 100 people, including referees, assistant referees, video assistant referees, that's far, and support staff. Uh, so they're responsible for refereeing the all the, England, the blah, all the matches in the professional leagues and all the VAR decisions as well. So how does it work? So the PGML has a four-stage process for recruiting, training, and developing referees. First is selection. So they identify potential referees from grassroots football. They'll then train the referees. Uh, in the laws of the game, fitness and decision-making. They'll assign potential referees to matches at lower levels uh, for them to gain experience. It's a bit less profile. And then once they get to a certain uh, number of games, experience, etc., etc., then they'll be selected for Premier League and EFL based on their performance in or lower level matches. The other functions are they're overseeing the introduction and implementation of new technologies like VAR, they provide support and guidance to referees throughout their careers. They conduct research into refereeing and developing new training methods. And they communicate with stakeholders such as clubs, players, fans, and the media. I think it's quite interesting. All of this is interesting. Now, this is the bit that's really interested me. There's not a lot out here for this. But how much do you think Premier League referees get paid? Do you know what's funny? As I was about to ask you that question, because I was just thinking to myself, I bet they don't get paid anywhere near what, like, even like National League players or, you know, the, the bottom tier. I, oh, I'm going to go with, let's go with 100,000. It's not 100, it's lower. Is it? it? Yes. So to save you from guessing, it would be a torture. So, while we can't verify the details on the web, they reportedly receive an annual retainer. There's a key there is retainer of between thirty-eight and a half thousand pounds, 
uh, and forty-two thousand pounds. It can go yeah. up to seventy thousand pounds for a referee, and a great scheme of things. So they get a retainer. They also receive a match fee for each game, Green. and that's around a thousand pounds. How many games? Let me start again. Uh, so many thoughts going on at once. Do they get do they get paid different rates as being the main referee to a linesman, as an example, uh, or fourth official? <laughs> no, he's not going to start again. He's left again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll carry on. So sorry, Dave. So just reconfirm those numbers again. Sorry. Yes, yeah, so they have an annual retainer uh, between thirty eight thousand or thirty eight and a half thousand and forty two thousand. Yep. Uh, and that's based on experience, but this can go. As high as 70,000. 70, they can get 70 grand a year up potentially and a grand at game. Yep. And do they, do they ref, I assume they ref every week? Yeah, the ref, so the, the PGML decides who's going to referee each game. They do have their travel, they, they get that paid for, as well as their food and expenses and whatnot. Do you know what I'm going to say? And I don't know if it's a controversial thing or not. Considering all the flack they get, I'm not sure if that's a lot of money for them, considering the money in the game and the money that the teams and the football and the clubs and, and everyone associated with the game get, considering the responsibility they're supposed to have and the abuse that they do get. Well, I'm, this I'm is exactly if, it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I in, in my notes, I put, compared to most Premier League players, so I don't know about League One, EFL, and, I think it's derisory. Given they are centre center stage, meant to control the game, have the game free-flowing, uh, go by the laws of the game, it's nothing really. Mm. And for the abuse they get... Yeah. They pay them more, make them more accountable by doing that, and more transparent, and then make them well, more fresh. We're going to come on to that as well. <laughs> uh, Dan, are you back? I think so. Apologies for these connectivity problems I keep having. Yes, right. Not to worry. So what are the issues the PGML is facing? So there is an increase in scrutiny of refereeing decisions uh, made by fans, media and players. See, We see that played out in social media, on TV, every single game, every single match. Um, they need to keep up the latest te- technological uh, developments for refereeing. So VAR, how can, how can that be improved? And the need to recruit high-quality referees, which is clearly a challenge. Uh, they have been criticised for their lack of transparency. So they don't uh, they don't release names of referees who make mistakes. They don't publish data on performance of referees. And that, I guess that kind of makes it difficult for fans and players to hold the PGML accountable. On the flip side, well, if we're doing our jobs, would we want our... Uh, I suppose performance to be made public. Difference is we're not in the public domain. Well, this is, so people can review us, but see, refereeing is very much public domain. Last season, the PGML, PGML admitted, admitted to 10 VAR mistakes. So that doesn't include the general refereeing, it's just anything that went through to VAR. And of those 10, two clubs had three decisions to go against them or incorrectly through VAR. One was Aston Villa, the other was Brighton. The other club was Arsenal. So that's eight eight decisions impacting three clubs, which in the great scheme of things is quite a lot. So I guess what can the PGML do to improve? I suppose improve the transparency and accountability. 
I mean, you, you could argue, well, maybe they, they release a notice to referees who make mistakes, but then you get to kind of witch hound, uh, witch hunt, and hounding. That kind of happens, anyways. I mean, there are some referees on Twitter. I believe Bobby Madley's on there, but I'm surprised they're on social media at all. If I was a referee, I wouldn't be on social media. I'm not a referee, and I'm not on social media. Mm. Um, so, could the PGML publish data on performance of referees? And this might allow fans to see how well referees are doing, uh, how well they're performing. And actually, look at actually how could referees improve. And uh, then the, the other thing I think is really important is, which I don't see much of, is could they do more in terms of educating fans and players about the laws of the game, about refereeing, how difficult it is. If you do that, that might help uh, people in general uh, be more aligned to referees and have a bit more empathy into what referees go through. So it might be provide more information on rules and procedures. Do they host education events, open days, or something similar? On the, um, I don't know if you've watched it, on Sky Sports, um, Gary Neville hosts a show called The Overlap, and they had him, Roy Keane, and Jamie Carragher referee a, a football game. Um, it was quite interesting to watch them because Roy Keane suddenly come out and goes, I don't think I know all the laws of this game. Like, <laughs> And he's obviously played the game for years. So it's quite fascinating. Most, most won't. Yeah. I think just for, for time, my point would be, I think the publish almost like a score, score chart because as fans, it doesn't matter how good a referee is, we will always think they're biased ultimately or how, yeah. how, how um, what's the word, down the middle of the line we are as fans. We will always say a referee is against our team or that decision went against us. Whereas I think if you see their scoring, you can still dispute that. But with not knowing how well they're doing, all you see is every now and then a ref will be just dropped for a week. And I think that's even worse. I think because, again, there's no context or anything around it. And it just looks like they're being punished. So I, I think, why not? Everything else in the game, there is so much money in the game. There is so much money asked as supporters in the game. Everything else, all the players and the managers are under scrutiny, but some of the key people aren't. Uh, so, again, just transparency, that's that word. Yeah, I think that'd be key, really. Uh, I've got a lot more to say in the PGML, but I think we can say that for another episode. We'll come back so to it when they've, when they've done a scandal. Yeah, well, well, Nathan did a really good bit uh, when, when he guested on the show. Yeah. Something I forgot to say earlier, there was some other big news over the weekend. Roberto Mancini Ooh. resigned as Italy manager. Oh, really? Italy's side. Um, and rumours are that he will be the next Saudi Arabia manager and oh. Conti will probably be the Italy manager. So. Conti has done it before, hasn't he? I think he has. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah, he did. Um, so, yeah, so that was um, that was news over the weekend. The money managerial merry-go-round. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because I was only talking a couple of days ago at home about Conti still hasn't found anything yet. So he's just... There we go. ...played his time, yeah. Okay, moving on to the quiz. Now, earlier in the episode, I kind of alluded to it might be cane-related, and this is kind of cane-related. So what you're going to do is you're going to take it in turns to guess the footballer um, well, actually, you wouldn't give me names. So what we're going to do is I want you to tell me in turn a footballer who in the Premier League who has f- over 50 goals and 50 assists. 
Over 50 goals and over 50 assists. Yep. So that's not combined. That's 50 separate goals, 50 separate assists. I'll tell okay. you there are, in the Premier League area, there are 35. Oh, I only know 32, but we'll see. We'll see how we go. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you don't get it, we'll move on to the next one. Yeah. Another guess and you get a point for each one. Sounds simple. Yeah. Who would like to go oh, first? I'll go first. Get it out of the way. Um, nice. All right, let's go. I don't think he's got the assist, but I'll say Aguero. Correct. <laughs> You'd like to have thought he would have, but yeah. I'm, I'm assuming I can have Harry Kane. You can have Harry Kane. Yeah. Yep. Maybe. Uh, let's have a look. Would he have it already? Um... With uh, De Bruyne. Kevin De Bruyne. Is he on the list? Yes, he is on the list. Very um, good. Rooney. Rooney. Is Rooney there? Rooney is there. This one is my... Is this a risk one? Um, Salah. Salah is there on the list. Uh, Lampard. Yes. Hands going old school. Um, Gerard. Steven Gerard. Is he on the list? He is indeed. Um, Peter Crouch. He's also on the list. Um. the assist bit oh, also I forgot to say did we say Gundogan left City I can't remember if we did but yes by the way um, <laughs> that's not my answer although should it be now <laughs> if that's come to mind should I say that that's a random tangent isn't it it is a random tangent yeah. go on there's got to be a pointless reason uh, Gundogan he's not is not he list. he's not got the 50 goals I reckon um I'm going to go Son because I know he's got over 50 goals but he must have over 50 assists as well. He's on the list. Yes. 103 goals, 58 assists. Technically that's Dan one then, isn't it? Um, Carry on. We've got more. Um, Premier League, Premier League. Let's have a look. Let's think about this. Um... What about the player who has played? I'm just trying to stall here. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, Burkamp. Burkamp oh, is. Yep. That's a great answer. Um, I'm going to go Teddy Sheringham. He's on the list. Um, two players on the list that we did mention earlier actually I've mentioned earlier so it's not this player then um, no, would would Ronaldo have been what's a good answer not he must have over 50 assists surely I know he's a selfish player but 
knows he's, no, he's not on the list because he hasn't got well, 50 I, I goals. Feel, and 50 I, I feel cheated. I feel they forced me into that answer. That was about, a player he mentioned. Uh, I feel forced. <laughs> um, what about Alan Shearer? Alan Shearer is definitely on the list. He's got that many assists as well. Brilliant. 64 assists. Uh, I feel cheated on this. Um, <laughs> what's the answer I was going to say? I had. Who, who was the. Uh, um, Do you want some clues? Have we said um what what about about Henri? Henri, yes, it's the one I mentioned okay. earlier. Oh, okay. Um Christian Eriksen is on the list. Yes. He, you know he can't have that many goals though, can he? I've... Uh Eriksen's got fifty three goals. Oh he scrapes in then. One so... I meant to say before you forced me into saying Ronaldo was um <laughs> I don't know if this this guy's got 50 of either, but uh, Berbatov. Not on the list. He should be, though. I'm glad you said that, Dan, because I nearly said him as well. Um, Drogba? Drogba is on the list. Modric? Modric? No. No, I don't think he's got that many goals. Um, Zola? No. No, that's wrong. Check your list again. Check Still again. Not. You see, it's, it's, I've alphabetized it on oh. surname. Um, Vardy. He's not on the list. Not on the list. Andy Cole. He's on the list. Or Andrew Cole, if you want to. Well, I've got a cool time now anyway, but I think it's safe to say Dan's won that. The only other one, only other two I had, Dave, just out of pure curiosity, I had Dwight York and I had Paul Scholes. Scholes is on the list. Dwight York isn't. Is he not? I'll go, th- I'll go through the others briefly. Yeah. I'll quickly. Agbon Lahore. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas Anelka. Yeah. Gareth Barry. Oh, Bale. <laughs> You're going to take Gareth Bale, aren't you? No, was he not on the list? No, he's no, on the list. No, I don't think he'll no. be on it. David Beckham. That's obvious. Eric Cantona. Oh, my word. Cesc Fabregas. Firmino, who's just gone to Saudi yeah, Arabia. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan Giggs. Eden Hazard. Or Eden Hazard. I said him, I said him earlier. Yeah. Uh, Mares. Juan Mata. James Milner. Danny Murphy. So you mentioned Paul Scholes. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have mentioned him. I wouldn't have said him in years. <laughs> no. Uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson. David Silva. Raheem Sterling. Robin Van Persie. Another we mentioned earlier. And Theo Walcott. Uh, there's a few. I reckon I could have got five or ten more if I'd carried on. Well, congratulations, Dan. Uh, Thank you. Any, anything you want to close off on? No, just apologies for my sound and this connection being rubbish today. I hope it hasn't uh, ruined people's listening. No, that's all good. That's, uh, that's what happens with tech. On that note, we'll leave you to it. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show and see you the next time. Uh, bye. Thanks for listening to Just Football. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please share with your friends and family. 
We're available on all podcasting platforms and you can follow us on X at Just Football Pod. In the meantime, keep your head up and your eyes on the ball.